I uh I just woke up from a nap, um and sure. to help revitalize me and wash all the sleep off, um I took a shower, and I decided mm-hmm. to have a delicious shower beverage, um, which is Lacroix. This is this is the first time oh. this is the first time I've ever had a shower Lacroix. Um, mixed with like with like warm shower water that no, no, slowly no. dripped into the can. No, no. You, you keep the can in a high mm-hmm. place away from the, away from the wet sure. water, but yeah, it's sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, huh. but yeah, it's, it's, you good. put it next to your shower radio. That's blasting podcast. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, um, it's, it's interesting. It's not the most disappointing shower beverage I've ever had, but it's also not the most mm-hmm. exciting, you know, I feel like the most satisfying, um, uh, shower beverage is to just turn your head up towards the the uh, the shower head and just and just guzzle, you know. just guzzle it down, guzzle it, yeah, <laughs> guzzle it down. Um, yeah, you're right. I so silly, but it does make me burp the same way Lacroix does, which just feels so good, sure, satisfying. You know, yeah. Anyway, um, this is so yeah. so. Apart from your shower beverage, here, Sam, welcome to my love dungeon. Oh God, it's it's. <laughs> that's, decorated that ex- with <laughs> that explains a lot about the confusion I know. that I had when I woke up. I know. Don't put your Lacroix down on um, any surface; they're all sticky. Um, well, I mean, it's in a can; and, it should be uh, fine, right? Like, well, you don't want you don't want to get the stickiness on the can. It's that's just, true. Then you have to touch it every time you drink and it. And then I remind. Anyway, I remember. Uh, I remember what's what it's touched, and oof. This is my love dungeon. You're not here for for the normal reason that most people are here. You're here to watch this episode of Glee. Oh, thank God. Hey. Whew. That was a close one. Yeah. Oof. Let's see. So uh, it's Sam and Maggie hate Glee. If you didn't catch that from us taking a week uh, uh, taking a week into Maggie's uh, love dungeon is what she calls it. I, I think of more. Yeah. It's more Please. like a sex palace from what I can see. It's very glittery. There's a lot yeah. of shiny stuff here. There, listen. There is a lot of glitter in here. I find it attracts the the sort of um, clientele, like that, like not really cl- Sam, <laughs> not clientele. I do get compensated in a way, but <laughs> you know, it is a crime. <laughs> uh. It is a crime, and I know that that, that uh, the uh, the Crime Stoppers troll po- uh, very underrated podcast to sniff out. Um, for yeah, the FBI is definitely listening in for sex workers. Hi to the FBI. Uh, anyway, keep doing your job. We love you. Um, yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about. Glee. I don't know if I love the FBI. I mean, I let's talk about Glee. Yeah, we can't get into the <laughs> FBI here. Um, we we've got you. You have some confused feelings about the whole Justice Department. Anyway, yeah. Um. So anyway, much like yes, much like Sam's confused feelings about our uh system of justice in this country i have confused feelings about this episode of glee yeah it is called silly love songs and is the valentine's day episode yeah so um yeah we're only a couple weeks off maggie we almost did it we almost did it happy march (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so it originally aired on february 8th 2011 with 11.58 million viewers which is down from last week well 
from a couple well, days before this episode because it was the Super Bowl, which had 26.8 million viewers. So, two episodes of Glee a week is not no healthy. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, I looked, and next week's episode aired on February 15th, which is the day after Valentine's Day. Why not do the Damn. Valentine's episode on that day? Because the hype the hype is gone oh. by that point, you know? Yeah, I guess so. The, the love hype, like, everyone has reached their love crescendo and right. realized that it's all a sham to, to you know, for capitalism. Yeah. Um, the, and, the, uh, the refractory period for Valentine's Day is very long, so... Um, very. We stay very flat. That's why it's only once a year, Sam. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, um, what? who wrote this episode? That's a good question. I have a spot in my notes that says written by with a blank space next to it because <laughs> I did not do <laughs> that part of my homework. Uh, let me... <laughs> written by let... the writers. Nailed it. Uh, written by somebody who writes episodes for glee of yeah television um, that are specifically glee that was me stalling yes i know right there uh are you do, okay okay I, you got it i am oh. finding it still stalling okay here we go yeah <laughs> this is gonna take a second and it's loading god do you think it must be oh, the it internet was writ- it, so yeah. I gotcha. It was written by Ryan Murphy. Ugh, surprise. And directed by Tate Donovan, hmm. who I believe is a new director for Glee. I don't think we've seen uh, him before. Nude director? Them? Get it? Because, like, n- new directions? <laughs> like, new like new directions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's no surprise to me that Ryan Murphy is the writer for this episode. Um, yeah. Is that... Did you get anything from the critical oh. response or... Well, a fun fact about this uh, director first. Okay. Uh, Tate Buckley Donovan, he's he's been in other stuff, but he was the voice of Hercules. Wow! From Hercules. What a what a what a what a career! <laughs> I know. <laughs> what a, what an atmospheric rise to fame from Hercules to yeah. Glee directing. To Glee director. <laughs> well, I think it just shows that it's um you know. He's sort of a, well, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the Super uh, Bowl. Well, we're all rounded performance. Yeah, it wasn't the creator. Super Bowl episode. So, you know, he's not that big of a deal when it comes to Glee directing. I know. It wasn't the most expensive episode of Glee ever. Right. Um, but cool. Um, is there anything in the critical response we want to point out? Or I mean, I'm guessing um, reviews are mixed for this episode. If No, actually, there was a lot of praise. Yeah for it in general which i can agree with like most of the numbers are really fun and um you know who doesn't uh like a little bit of sappy well love yeah i mean i I agree i think so in general positive um there are some things to dislike about this episode and i'm going to get into them because i didn't but anyway um i think that's all of our early stuff well i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll talk about your your dissatisfaction with the episode once we start talking about yeah, it. Yeah. So which are which, which we're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, we should, we should uh, probably do that. Starting with the recap. Yeah. Um we learned yep. about a love pentagon <laughs> between these teens. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, New Directions has been a love shape for pretty much the shape. entire time, so that's no surprise. Um a a, poly, a multi-sided polygon. Yeah. 
but yeah, there's... Which I guess is implied by Polly, whatever. Yeah, it, there's uh, also a little bit about how the Cheerios quit last week, just to remind us as to why they're yep. wearing... While they'll be, why they'll be wearing street clothes. Yes, and uh, they do include the cannon for some reason. Yeah. They talk about Sue and her cannon, even though the cannon will not be making another appearance. Well, they, Maggie, which is why I gave it my gold star. Maggie, they spent it. They what? spent a lot of money on that cannon. They're going to get as much film out of it as they can. You know? I, do you think this recap is worthwhile? No, at all. No, of course not. <laughs> so the first scene is a monologue from. Noah Puckerman. Yes. He is talking about how he's in love with Lauren Zeises. Even though it's like predicated with the idea of like, you know, she's not like a lot of girls, but I'm in love with Lauren Zeises, which is patronizing. Yes. And belittling. Yep. Um, and uh, this is when we see the seven minutes in heaven. Just kidding. It was three minutes because Lauren yeah. left him wanting. Not... Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, so you'll remember a, a couple episodes ago, um, we picked up Zeises for our extra member of New Directions yes. because Kurt left. This is really where they sh- what they should have covered in the recap. Huh? Probably. Um, but uh, <laughs> Noah got locked in a porta potty because he tried yes. to preach to the football about how Glee Club is cool, um, and Lauren That's saved right. him with the. Uh, with the re- and she said she joined Glee Club with the requirements of Cadbury eggs and seven minutes in heaven, um, but as Maggie said, it was not seven minutes because we get to see it this episode and Lauren immediately was like, "You're not very good at this," so yeah, which like damn Puck definitely seems into, um, like women bashing him. Yeah, I he's, think he's into it, well, and I think he mentions it in this scene that she's like his mom because she's always on his case. Um, yeah but i mean i could see it like puck i think is attracted to women who say no to him which is not great but like it's a thing so it's it's a part of his character uh we see zeises during puck's puck's monologue takes place in like a classroom yeah he's just sitting and staring at zeises during class as she eats like an entire uh cardboard hearts worth of candy yep uh well cho- chocolate chocolates. Specifically. i would call them chocolates yeah. um and at the end of this monologue lauren comes up to puck and rejects him being like this candy sucked and uh it's you're not impressing me yeah puck is like but you ate the whole thing had to make sure they all sucked yep no um there there's there one other thing i want to point out the sound design in this episode is great for one specific reason they have this music that is i found it very difficult to describe but it is great for what i called quote raunchy scenes where like Mm. it's like this like i i said it's zelda-esque because it's kind of like it's like this uh, okay here we go it's like this i'm ready do 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 and it's like like a beat, but it has like yeah. random beats get highlighted, but it's very good because it's just, it's very, it, it sure. feels goofy a little bit. And also Like sexy. good repetitive video game music that doesn't get too grating. Yeah. Well, and when sure. I say Zelda specifically, it's like, it's like the like kooky scenes in Zelda when you run into like a weird sure. adult. We're, we're, like, yeah. Or like where like Tingle is yes, exactly. flying down on his balloons. Exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, sure, we, gotcha. we get it a couple more times in this episode, and I just wanted to point it out because it happens during the seven minutes in heaven, and I really like that music for some reason. Like, I don't know why. It's just great. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like it's not great that some, uh, like, the way that they portray Lauren oh, yeah. is interesting, yeah. to say the least, right? For sure. On on one hand, she's, like, really cool and uh, obviously hates Glee Club, which is great. I, <laughs> right. Yeah. I love Lauren. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, whenever they, whenever her and Puck, or even just, the, when the story tries to approach her sexuality, I don't want it to be treated like a joke. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is sort of what happens in this episode to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, yep. Because it's like the story itself is being like, isn't it funny that Puck's attracted to this person? And it's like, um, what? Yeah. Like, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it too. Cause there's some Misogyny. more stuff later, but it's, yeah, it's not great. Um, in the meantime, let's, let's see. So it's the Glee, we get the Glee cover card. Um, the Glee is pink this time yep. to represent Valentine's day. Um, because of love. And then, yes. and then we move on to one of the most insufferable plot lines Glee has ever had, which is that Finn is on his high horse because he's popular again because yes. he won the big football game. Um, the, it's a monologue yeah. from Finn. We have like like three or four monologues in this episode, which seems like a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad at it because I think it's a like a good way. Like Glee does the best storytelling when it's just telling you what's going on instead of showing I was going to say, I feel so... like it's lazy writing because it's telling instead of showing, <laughs> well, but is. I'm not upset about well, it. Well, it is. Like... Yeah, I'm not mad at it either. Um, Finn is talking about how he's on top. He's apparently fighting off the ladies uh, because everyone's interested in him now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he spots Quinn. If you recall, last episode, Quinn kissed Finn at the very end. Yes. And uh, Finn is uh, going to chase that tail, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah, he, he's yeah. lusting I, after her. I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think we can get into it more, especially during their romantic tryst at the end of this episode. Sure. But it seems to me like this... This is Finn, the f- side of Finn's personality that is a little bit more conniving and a little bit smarter. Yeah. Especially when he's more confident, he kind of plays this sort of yeah. conniving role more convincingly. Yeah. Well, we saw it in season. It could be. Yeah, we, we saw it in season one um, when he like we convinces did. Rachel to rejoin Glee Club um, by yep. like going on a date with her. It's by seducing. Yeah. Him. Yes. Um, I agree. Uh, that's that's actually a good point. I just was so disgusted with how proud of <laughs> himself he was him. this episode. Yeah. Because he's a dick. Well, he's MVP, I guess, even though there's no reason for him to be MVP, but he is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think maybe he's going to... There's a slight edge to why he's going to go after Quinn. To me, it seems like he might want revenge in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like on Quinn herself. It might not be surface level, thoughts from finn but um i don't know it sort of reads like that to me yeah i think it also might be a revenge against sam because sam has been pushing yeah. against him for leadership you know um i guess so. yeah sam sam wants the throne yeah. and who knows maybe even rachel the next scene like maybe he's just doing yeah, to spite rachel, rachel too 
Anyway. Well, yeah, he's he's got a lot of <laughs> he's just stirred up with a lot of emotions right now. Yep. The next scene, it's Clayne at the Lima Bean, yep. which if you recall is the uh silly name for the coffee shop in Lima, Ohio. Yes. And they are discussing Valentines and love. Y- Blaine loves Valentines. Kurt uh is uh no, I guess he's disillusioned with yeah, it. Yeah, he 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 reminds is... us that capitalism exists like yes, yeah. by holding up a Valentine's product. Yes. <laughs> um and it's like it's like two puppies kissing. Blaine loves it. Yes. This is where uh we get some real trickstery stuff yeah. from Mr. Eyebrows himself. Yeah, so so let's just talk about this real quick. Um Blaine seems to very much lead on Kurt in this scene because Yes. Kurt. So he's telling Kurt about how he has plans um, to try to uh, impress, seduce, whatever, a guy that he likes um, on Valentine's yes. Day by singing to him. Um, Kurt immediately assumes that it is him and is like, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. It's weird. I wanted to, like, we're, we're going to have to get into it later, but. There's literally a part in this episode where Kurt is like, were you gaslighting me this whole time? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is pretty much what Blaine is doing. So, eh. Well, it, it definitely reads that way to us, the audience. Yeah. Maybe Blaine is just um, a confused teenager who does plan to seduce somebody by singing to them at the Gap. <laughs> right. So, I mean, they're... <laughs> There is some like reasonable. There's is like a reasonable explanation for why this scene happens. I think. Yeah. But it definitely reads as like him just being like, "Hey, Kurt, get ready for me to confess my love to yeah, you." Yeah, get ready for me to. And Kurt sw- just being like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> I'm gonna sweep you off your feet, and Kurt's just like, "Oh, I'm so excited." Um. Uh, yeah. and there is a cute end bit where Blaine orders coffee for the both of them. Yes. And Kurt's like, oh, you know my coffee order? And Blaine's just like, of course. It's proof. It's 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 proof, Maggie, that Blaine loves him. Um, Yeah. So then let's move on to the next scene. Will and his fucking whiteboard. He has written love on the board with a big heart around it. Um, Well, Will's not really in this episode, so it's okay. Yeah, it's just... He can can do his trope. Yeah, but what is funny is they do kind of have, like, a little bit of a meta joke where Will is like, like, uh, here's what what I'm going to talk about this week. And then Brittany raises her hand and she's like, is it love? And, like, that's (laughs) fun. Um, But essentially, uh, Will has a lazy fucking lesson where he says, pick a partner and sing them the world's greatest love song because it's Valentine's Day or whatever. That feels like a not chill thing to do. No. In my opinion. Agreed. You know, like, he's a teacher. He shouldn't be... Encouraging. Couple up. Yeah. Couple up and and sing about how much you love that person. Now! (laughs) Yeah, he shouldn't be encouraging this type of terrible behavior that they have where they all, like, breed like rabbits. Um... But yeah, they're not. They are having sex, but the, there's only one of them who's had a baby. So, <laughs> well, that's more know. than most, Maggie. Um, I, I mean, yeah, you know, we can't evaluate the entire uh, teenage population in America. I would um, say that the but, number of know. teenagers who have had a baby is a low percentage. Uh, who knows? Specifically because, I don't know. I guess we grew up in a white place, right? Like, well. 
not a white I, place, but well, we grew up in the white place of the white town. place of the place where we grew yeah. up. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. People have babies. That's true. Plenty of people have babies. Speaking of the, that. The um, uh, next part of this scene is a horrible speech <laughs> from Finn yep. where he gets up and talks about how popular he is and how he is going to use this popularity to kiss every single girl in school yep. with a kissing booth. Yeah. Um, well, seems gross yeah, it's, and horrible and It's so awful. Disgusting. He also claims that like his popularity is the reason that Glee is doing well, like in terms of not getting slushied, which is so incredibly egotistic and awful. Like yeah. I just hate him. I hate him so much. Um but what this scene turns into He's so easy to hate. What this scene turns into is amazing because everyone decides to shit on Santana. Um Santana I think yeah. has some like like how is this amazing well it's mostly so mean mostly because it means that santana gets to play a big role in this episode which doesn't happen very often yeah that's great and, but yeah so santana says something about how like maggie was saying finn is just doing it to kiss all well i think she says i wouldn't pay to even kiss you like i wouldn't even pay to kiss you it's not yeah, that great something like that um, <laughs> and then everyone else just shits on her like someone calls her a bitch someone says that she um yeah. should uh, the only work she'll ever do is on a pole. Like, it's really that's awful. Rachel. Yeah. It, it it's like the they all kind of start in on yeah. her. Uh, Zeises is the one that calls her a bitch, yeah. which could be you know fun natured ribbing from Zeises. But it's I think you know she doesn't. It's not though. The it, delivery is so it is. like dead. Quinn yeah. says some gnarly shit. Then Rachel says some gnarlier <laughs> shit. It's not great no. then we cut to uh santana crying in the hallway yes with britney being like they just don't understand well yeah yeah she's like maybe you should rock back and forth that's what people do in the movies and then santana has a real humdinger of a line where she says it just it i just re- i just want to be really really honest with people when they suck and it's great it's really yes. really good um <laughs> Yeah, I love Santana so much, <laughs> especially in this episode where she's like, "Yeah, all these people hate me, so I'm just gonna fuck with them." Yeah, I think <laughs> pretty like, much. Yes. Yep. Um, but uh, along with seeing uh, Brittany and Santana, we also see Zeises, um in the hallway. She tells Puck that she's not desperate. Um, he needs to yes. woo her. He best come correct. Yes, if he wants Pisces to be a thing yes uh yeah that's the whole deal puck is is going to try to seduce her yes because he asks her out on valentine's day and she's like yeah i mean that you have given me nothing and did nothing for me so no right uh, um yeah so then <laughs> the next scene yeah. it's it's we're in dalton is, we're in heaven or some twisted version of it or a warehouse i well i'm not sure anymore i I think we're we're not we're in a big warehouse uh where kurt is he is wearing the dalton uniform i think that does exist but everything else and blaine is there obviously but everything else is sort of uh simulacra what about like uh what if what if we were in a hotel room and kurt is in a tub full of ice oh (laughs) Is Blaine stealing his organs now? <laughs> no, no, it's just the best Fuck. way for like inducing a trance. I don't know. I just... sure. <laughs> no, I like the warehouse idea. Yes. Um, 
this is when we find out that Blaine has called an emergency meeting of the Warblers. Yes. The emergency meeting follows directly after this announcement. Yes. I don't know why we couldn't have just started at the emergency <laughs> meeting. Well, it's because we got that little snippet of Kurt drawing all the like hearts that say Kurt plus Blaine in his notebook. Oh, yeah. He is doodling. Like, basically writing Kurt Warbler. Mr. Kurt Warbler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, that's not Blaine's last name, but that is yeah. what they end up calling him. His last name is Anderson. But anyway, so we're, we're at boring. the emergency meeting. Um, Blaine announces his yes. love. He's in love. Everyone's like, he, oh, that's great. Yeah, he reveals he's in love while staring at Kurt. Yes. Um, I guess for... I guess... If we're if we're to believe what he says, this is for support, not because he is about to confess his love to Kurt. Right. Uh, yeah, he is. De- he is leading him on in a in a very apparent way. Right? Yes. Like, no. It's-, it's it's like that's the thing. I honestly like when I started my theory that Blaine was like some kind of demon <laughs> that's like manipulating kurt i was like this is kind of funny it's gonna peter out this episode pretty much proves it entirely because like he is literally just like laying it on so thick and kurt is eating it up like (laughs) yep uh blaine asks the warblers uh to serenade his love off campus they're there is quite the hubbub about this because apparently the last time the warblers performed off campus Multiple warblers died in a horrible airplane accident. Yes. Well, the year was 1927, so like airplane safety wasn't really a big thing then. But um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kurt speaks up for Blaine's idea here because he doesn't yet know where this off-campus location is. I guess he he's thinking maybe it's my house. Yeah. Maybe it's my old high school. Yeah. Maybe it's some other set that we have lying around, like the lima bean. Right. No. We find out now. That it's at the Gap, right? The sh- yes. The, the clothing store. Yes. Is this just a long the Gap ad? Do you think the Gap paid for their spot here? No, I think Glee had to pay them to use their logo. <laughs> um, but Blaine proposes that what what their little serenade jaunt is going to be called the Warblers Gap Attack. Yeah. What I I don't know why this needs a title. No, uh, it, but Blaine gives it one, and this is where Kurt realizes that he because he doesn't like the Gap. Why would Kurt like the Gap? Right. He doesn't shop at the Gap, no. but Blaine loves the Gap. Well, and uh, also, and he he loves a guy named Jeffrey Jer- who also Jeremiah. The gap. Um, Jeremiah. Yeah, but no, yeah. So Blaine literally is just like there's a. The junior manager who works there is the one we're serenading. <laughs> and Kurt, it's, Kurt's like face falls. But before we move on to what the fallout of that looks like, um, there's just a little line where Blaine is talking. He's like making this speech to try to convince the Warblers to do this yeah. off-campus thing. He calls them, he calls the Warblers privileged porcelain birds. Um, yes. Which is specifically <laughs> about Kurt, right? Yeah, like, seems like a big dig at Kurt because his nickname is Porcelain. And, like, he is a bird. We already know that. Like, we had the bird metaphor already. So, like, <laughs> yes. it's just like, wow. That was really blatant. Well, the bird, war- the, the bird metaphor can apply to any of the warblers because they are the warblers. Right, but, right? like, well, but, like, we already had a in canon, like, a very explicit, like, Kurt is a bird. Yes, we did. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and the the porcelain thing is a direct reference. Yes. Like, there's no other way to take that. Right. Except the other way to take it is that Ryan Murphy is a slapdash writer who right. doesn't give a shit and uses the same words over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so <sighs> we find out that it's a different scene. dude. Yeah, and then we move to a slumber party. It's a slumber party in Rachel's... Sex um, dungeon. In... In Rachel's sex dungeon, in her love palace, yes. uh, and Kurt and Mercedes are there. They're gabbing like the friends that they are. They are discussing uh, how Kurt has been blindsided yes. by Blaine's feelings for this Gap employee. Yep. And Mercedes is like, "So did you ever like talk about this at all?" <laughs> and Kurt's like. No. Yeah. Kurt, oh God. Yeah. Kurt. Kurt kind of comes to the realization that he has made this entire thing up in his head. Um, I wouldn't. Yes. Like obviously, Kurt blames it's... himself. But let's be real. This trickster demon yeah. has been laying. He's been gaslighted. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Uh. So then Rachel um kind of dissolves into oh, Finn yeah. nonsense. This is where. Yeah. Yeah. This is where Rachel talks about herself. Obviously, <laughs> she. Cannot stand the uh, well. Obviously, she's got an internal monologue that is constantly talking about herself, right. and this is where she decides to voice some of yeah. it. Where she presents her one hundred kisses plan. She is going to go to Finn's booth, <laughs> present him with a hundred dollar bill, and be like, "Well, you can't make change for that, so you will have to kiss me a hundred times." Yeah. Um. Interestingly, like spoilers for the end of the episode, Finn might have been able to make change for that. It doesn't make any sense. He might have, but like he might have. Um, but yeah, Mercedes kind of is a voice of reason here and is like, hey, maybe all of us should just be alone because it works out real well for me and the two of you are crazy. Uh. Yes. Uh, well, Kurt is also alone, technically. No, no that's what I'm saying. Uh, if we're going to go by that. Yeah, no, but I, I'm saying that like... And, yeah. Uh, Merce- yeah, go for it. Mercedes is like, hey, we just need to like harness our loneliness to be like, the true divas that we are, yeah. talent is important, more important than teenage love. Yes. And the the two of them, Rachel and Kurt, are like, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, that's well. That's the end of the scene, though. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, well, we all know. Like, at this point, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Um, we have, and for it sure. doesn't take. Absolutely. So we're not worried about it. Um, so the next The next yeah. scene is in back in the choir yes. room puck is gonna do his main move yeah he he's gonna he's uh, gonna do the requirement my title for the scene is no 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 um sure yeah because here's the thing puck leads the glee club in singing queen's fat bottom girls yeah uh and the boys harmonize at the beginning and i mean i really like queen as yes a band. i mean and yeah. the like the the musical harmonies i can very much appreciate okay. here's the thing so fat bottom girls i don't think is a problematic choice for him here because i don't think fat is a slur right he's and he's obviously into it like he likes her body type we hear it from puck's mouth right later like he says it because we wouldn't hear it from his butt or something <laughs> well, yeah that... mouth. good job me um, <laughs> well it could be a voiceover yeah. with this episode but yeah it could it, there's there is a lot of voiceover uh santana is obviously upset while this song is happening because she realizes that 
Puck is singing to Lauren, right. not her, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's trying to seduce Lauren's Isis, but it does go very poorly. Yeah. Well, okay. Even though I, I think Puck seems earnest, and I don't think the song is offensive because I don't think being called fat is a is a bad right no thing because being fat isn't bad. I think I think part of it for me is that the the reason that I don't like it is because Zeises is so obviously not into it. That it makes it which doesn't very make sense to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because Zeises has talked about how she likes her body yeah. before. Sure. So I don't understand. Like, I have a question in my notes that's that says, "Let me quote. Let me quote myself here." Zeises doesn't appreciate being called fat? Question mark. Like, yeah. Listen, I get that. Like there's a lot of weight to the term fat and that it has been used to like make people feel shitty a lot. I'd say that's probably the main use of the word, yeah. but I don't think there's an inherent negativity to being fat, right. which is what is implied here that Lauren feels bad about herself and doesn't like puck talking about her body, um, which doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't le- It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. To me. I, I mean, I understand. I think, Part of it might be that this specifically is, like, not necessarily... This isn't necessarily, like, an acceptance song. Um, This is, like, a mm-hmm. fetishization song. Like, this is... Oh, yeah, it is. Like, For sure. It, it is talking about... Because, like, uh, we can all be real here. Freddie Mercury was attracted to mainly dudes and also uh, fat-bottomed women. Yes. That was his... Yeah. That, those were his, his mo yeah except except not the women had to be uh objects not people right clearly so that's <laughs> i think that's part of it um is that like if it I, I the problem is i can't think like i can't think of a good song along these lines like this is mm. probably the closest we're gonna get to a song that is like body positive like rock yeah. song but at the same time it's just not also not great like i wouldn't want i don't think what i if, would want what if someone puck had to saying me. yeah what if puck had saying all about that bass oh my god that would have been <laughs> super dope oh my god and impossible because it wasn't out <laughs> yeah that's also true. but well he could have saying um booty got back baby got sorry back? baby got back yeah or anaconda i've yeah, yeah. I Anaconda wasn't out yet either. Oh, damn it. it! You're right. I, I think. God, how good would it have been to have Puck sing Anaconda though? My Anaconda don't, and then he would do the he would do Nikki's rap verse. <laughs> yes, right? of course. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, like, uh, I I can see where you're coming from. Maybe. Yeah, I think. I feel like it is a bad choice though to try to seduce someone by only talking about their body. Oh, definitely. That is a bad choice to yes. make. Right. Yeah, because that's that's the thing is I think the problem that I have with this is that it doesn't come off as Puck being accepting. It comes off as Puck being yeah. obsessed with like a shit yeah, being like <laughs> essentially fetishizing Lauren's body. Like he's like, I like it you does, because yeah. you're bigger, and it's like that's not good. That's also bad. Like, <laughs> like, like that's also bad. Yeah. you can't do that. I mean the show the show does a bad job here. In general, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, it's not just characters making bad choices or characters um, having reactions that don't make sense. It's just like, no, this is a bad plot point. Yes. Because 
Well, yeah, and Lauren, like I said before, Lauren doesn't act the way I expect her to right. here. You know, well, like I, I expect her to be like, yeah, I don't expect her to be like, wow, I'm offended that you called me fat, which is basically her reaction, right? Yeah. Like, well, I, it, she doesn't say it in as many words, yeah. but she's like, wow, I don't appreciate you doing you calling me fat right well uh, what uh, here's the the reaction i would think she would have is i don't appreciate you trying to seduce me by only talking about my body i mean to, that's the reaction to be fair the reaction is kind of vague she does i think her exact line is something is. along the lines of like that's the first time anyone's ever sang me a song a love song and it made me feel like shit um which yeah. could reasonably work with your like ideal situation but the problem is that they just are bad writers like and lauren's character well right ryan murphy yeah ryan murphy the lauren's character used to be kind of free of the really shitty writing because she was you know kind of a one-off and not really like a main character but since they're trying to incorporate (laughs) her into the plot she's like getting twisted like all these other characters are into some like facsimile of what a normal person is so um oh god you know what it makes me think of is spy kids which what? is horrifying how does it make you think of spy kids Because like the whole plot is that that evil guy is like ruining people you know like he like captures yeah. his enemies and then like he he captures monk and gives him five heads exactly oh god god that movie's fucking terrifying <laughs> yeah it's real messed up um Anyway, um, let's move on to the next scene. Uh, It's the kissing booth. The the Spy Kids 2 is much better. It's true. Uh, Finn's kissing booth is strange to me. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't it be interesting if part of this plot line was that a boy gave Finn a dollar and Finn refused to kiss him? Yes. That would have been so much better because he's a fucking homophobe. Um, he is, but we already know Maggie. There's no Finn, other gay kids at the school. Kurt was the only one. No, and also Krofsky, Finn, but he's in the closet. So, but he's closeted, yeah. and I guess everybody else who is definitely gay is closeted. Is yes, closeted. Well, no, Maggie. Closeted they just don't well. exist. You don't understand. In Lima, Ohio, there are three gay oh. people. It's Kurt Blaine sure. and this other guy, Krofsky. What about Rachel? Uh, not Rachel. Well, yeah. No, what about Rachel? What about Santana? Rachel says some really gay shit at the end of this episode. <laughs> I just... Um, I mean, right now, Santana anyway, is pretty closeted herself. She is. Quinn arrives yes. during a break. Uh, Finn is taking a break to floss and brush his teeth, which is surprisingly considerate yes. of Finn. Yeah. Uh, well... And yeah. he he doesn't during this break, though, no. so... Yeah, well, so, um, that, that's, so Quinn tells us she's on to Finn's nefarious plot here which is like i don't know if we covered it finn's whole point for the kissing booth is every girl in school will kiss him but specifically quinn will have to kiss him um which is bad and he is convinced that if quinn kisses him one more time she will be completely seduced yeah um yeah okay so she quinn when quinn arrives she accuses finn of doing exactly what he's doing Uh, she's like, you're trying to manipulate me. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, well, okay. There's oh, So during this scene, then, so she says something like that. And then Finn has this shit eating look on his face. Yes. And he says, this is like, this is like pure trickster Finn right here. Where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm doing that. Yeah. Oink. But he has this shitting look and he says, your boyfriend's a boy. Oh, yeah, because Quinn is like, listen, I have a boyfriend. I can't kiss you. And Finn's like, your boyfriend's a boy. 
Like, the nice part what is... What does that make Finn? The, yeah, the, the, does that make Finn a man? Yeah, that's the thing, is he doesn't finish the thought. He doesn't specifically call <laughs> himself a man. But that was my question, too, because, like, you're definitely not a man either, considering what you're doing <laughs> right now. Like, what are you talking what about? What is a man? Yeah. Oh. What, what, what makes a man? Honor, Anyway, uh... Honor. <laughs> oh, I see. Quinn and Finn are having this very sexy argument yes. and Sam <laughs> the boyfriend in question the boy boyfriend in question uh saw the whole thing yes. from down the hall and this is when we cut to a quam that's Quinn and Sam fight uh that is happening in the library yeah. Quinn is rifling through old records to try to find a love song to sing for Sam yes and Sam is daring her to kiss Finn. Yeah, well, yeah, so he, he accuses her of kissing Finn already because he said their faces yes. were within kissing distance or whatever when he saw the fight. Um, and then he asks, what are these things? Which I put down, Ryan Murphy hates millennials. Um, oh, he does. Because yeah. cause it's like, yeah, people know what records are still. Like... There's yes. a whole. If anything, yeah. millennials know too much about records, exactly. right? Yeah, I was gonna say there's a whole segment of like douchey millennials that claim that records are the only way to listen to music. Earthier, so, like earthier sound. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Quinn, this argument yeah. really, t- really turns around on Sam uh, because he he is he's like Quinn, why'd you kiss Finn? And she's like, I didn't kiss Finn. I'm not kissing Finn because I'm in love with you, and I'm your I'm your girlfriend yeah. boy and sam is like well then why haven't you kissed finn if you trust and love me and she's like i guess i will yeah yeah i'll kiss finn <laughs> right after glee club <laughs> and then, well it's great because she's like wait you want me to kiss finn and then she's like yes and i'm gonna be there to see it like <laughs> what <laughs> like this is the lead into like a really, really raunchy uh, Glee fanfiction. I was going right to say, here. essentially, this is just Sam is a cuck, right? Sam. Yeah, he wants to be cuck. He want he wants to be cucked. Yeah. Anyway, so so we get that argument. Whatever. Um, then we move to that thing, which is Rachel is arrived yes. to buy her kiss. She didn't get a hundred dollar bill. Her, she just bought one. She she did not she did not present Finn with a crisp hundred hundo <laughs> no. to enact her plan. Instead she gives him a single dollar bill uh, and Finn kisses her on the cheek and Rachel's like <laughs> Well on on the cheek the, after all we've been through. Well the best part and, is that uh, she she does she doesn't just give him a bill, Maggie. She also gives him a long blown speech about how she doesn't need him she and does. she's past him and yeah. she's not gonna be lonely. Yes. Um and then yes. Finn But yeah. she she definitely wanted a kiss. Yeah, well so yeah, because um Finn gives her a kiss on the cheek and then she's like what? And then um, Finn's like, I thought you were over me. And then she's like... And this is when she screams, why can't you just forgive me? <laughs> yes. Rachel. <laughs> um, well, and the best part, so Finn gets on her case for cheating on him, um, which yes. is great because this entire episode is about how Finn wants Quinn to cheat on Sam with him. Um, yes. And then yes. and then he gives her the Christmas gift he never gave. Um, this is always like a rough thing, yeah. right? Where... You've bought a gift for someone and sort of plan to never really give it to them, but then you don't want it yourself. Right. So you end up giving it, giving it to them. Well, 
on Valentine's Day when it's wrapped in Christmas paper. Yeah. This is rough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, just throw it it's away. Like a, it's like a, yeah. it's kind of a strange breakup gift. Finn presents it to her. She opens it up. And oddly enough, uh, because she's said to Finn, oh, I don't need you. I can be a star on me, star on my own. Uh, the neck, the necklace is a star necklace. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there is some nice symbology here because she took off the Finn necklace. Yes. Is replacing it with a necklace with a little gold star where Finn's name used to be. Yeah. It, it's a little blunt, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, you do make a good point, though, that it's, like, eerily on point for this exact moment, which we Finn could have in no way predicted. <laughs> um, no. But... Uh, the the nice part is that Finn gives her this and then panders to her future stardom to get her to go away. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You're gonna be a star. Go, go do it. Yeah, go be a star. <laughs> <laughs> go, go be a star. As in, get out of my line. I have more girls to kiss. Yes. The the next scene is Mike and Artie um, at their lockers. Yeah. They're talking about how lucky they are uh, to be. Uh, with the two hottest chicks in school. Yeah. If you recall, it's Brittany and Tina, yep. which, yeah, sure. Uh, and this is a really fun little music number we're finally getting into here. Only took a long-ass well, time. Well, we, we did Fat Bottom Girls earlier. We did have Fat yeah. Bottom Girls. But, you know, I, I wanted this to be full of music. Right. Uh, Artie sings PYT yes. by Michael Jackson. Uh, Mike dances and pushes his wheelchair down the hall and that they they go up to Brittany and tina who are like haha yeah yeah and they're you know all uh play, playing around singing pyt yeah it, uh, it transitions to i the, like it a lot yeah it transitions to the glee room at the some point room. um my question i had a couple questions one um mm-hmm. did they like get the rights to michael jackson's catalog or something because we had thriller last week and we have pyt this week yeah like it could it could be that this is about the time that uh they went into public domain or something. I no, I doubt that. That can't be right though. Those songs are in public domain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean the Michael Jackson episode cuz there is a Michael Jackson episode is next season. Right. Yeah, cuz sure. had Michael Jackson died by this point? Yes, okay. for sure. Yeah. He died in like 2008. Okay. But yeah, so I don't know. Um, anyway, I, I wrote down this scene is just iTunes money, like pretty much. But it's great. It is, it's Artie nice. sounds good. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the other the other thing I want to mention here is so the unholy trinity are wearing streets this episode, yeah. street clothes, and Brittany looks great. She has like really good outfits all the time, and they're all Valentine's themed. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, so they finish up the song in the Glee Room, and then um, Finn, for some reason, Finn gets to say something afterwards, and he says, tenderoni. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? Why the fuck does he get to talk? And what the fuck does... <laughs> like, what? Okay, I'm going to Google tenderoni. Okay. Here. One second. Okay. I'm just... I'm going to... What's tenderoni? I'm going to stew in my hatred over here for a little According bit. According to Wikipedia... Cassell's Dictionary of Slang, which defines tenderoni as a sweet young girl, dates the word to the 1980s, attributing it to black teenagers in the United States. There you go. So, cool job appropriating thing. Yeah, like, what? How does... Okay, whatever. Fuck it. Let's move on. 
Um, Tenderoni. Yeah. So uh, we move on to an interesting scene. We're in the hallway. It's a locker yes. scene. Uh, Santana is presenting Puck with a receipt. Yes. And is like, listen, I spent this much at Jared. I expect yeah, I, money and a dinner. I got myself a necklace. You're my Valentine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Puck uh, rejects her forthwith. He's like, yeah, I'm no, no, I'm not interested in giving you money for a necklace you bought for yourself. <laughs> and <laughs> Lauren comes out of the woodwork because she's all Puck is probably following her around or something. Yeah. And Santana and Lauren end up having a face down, uh, like a showdown a face down. I I wrote face down in my notes and was like, that seems wrong. It's a showdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Santana. This is where we find out that Santana is from Lima Heights adjacent. Yes. Which is the wrong which, side of the tracks is what she calls it. Um, is there a train in Lima? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> Santana's dad is a doctor. Right. Which I'm not saying that doctors can't live in n- neighborhoods with crime in them. But, you know. Yeah. I mean... Eh. Yeah, <sighs> it it seems to me that whenever Santana goes into this sort of, I'm from Lima Heights adjacent. You had a baby. Let's fight. Whenever she gets into this mode, um, I don't know. It it always sort of reads as like braggart. Um, yeah, kind of oh. kind of vibes. You yeah. know. How about this? Do you think Santana is actually yeah. rich? Do you think Santana's family is, like, super rich? Because her dad's a doctor. Yes. And, like, she just puts yeah. on this whenever, like, she gets in a fight with someone because she wants to, like, freak him out. And, like, Santana is obviously, you know, like, you know, not – she's not white. Like, she is, like – Yeah. So – She's Latina. Yeah. So she can definitely, like I, – I think she might just be leaning into that to, like, try to spook yeah, people. Yeah. She's, le- she's leaning into the stereotype to use it to her advantage yeah. to scare people. Well, yeah – I I like that. I like that theory. Or, yeah. or um, it's not this sort of in-depth thing that we've been talking about just now. It's Ryan Murphy uh, playing into the stereotype of like fiery Latinas because he's a racist asshole. Right. Well, I like mine better because it doesn't require racism. I like yours better but too. I think you might actually be correct. Um, but so the fun thing about this is that. Um, Santana, as Maggie was saying, Santana and Zeissy's get in a fight. Um, Zeissy's literally yeah, just Santana, throws her around like a rag doll. Yeah, Santana tries to fight dirty by, like, biting her and stuff, and Zeissy's destroys her. <laughs> she get, she gets thrown into lockers and, like, on the ground and is trying to, you know, like, keep putting up a fight. She ends up getting thrown all the way down the hallway yeah. uh, right into the legs of Shannon Beast, yep. who is like, yeah, stop fighting! Please. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, talk about this real quick. Um, so Shannon Beast does arrive to break it up, um, and she ends up carrying Santana off to the nurse's office. But um, yes. <laughs> uh, my question: Why is there no punishment for this? This is a fight. These yeah. were two people well, that got bullying. in a fight. Like, well, it was women for one, so they're not dangerous. Um, oh, yeah. And- sure. Secondly, bullying is like blatant bullying is allowed in this school without any sort of right. Well, see, I feel like in uh, most cases, punishment. there's a lot of like hearsay. Like, I mean, the show can play it off whatever it wants, but like with like the slushing and stuff, like it's very obvious that someone got yeah. slushied. But like, if no adults saw it, then like who knows? Sure, um, who's to say who did the slushing? But in this case, Shannon Beast literally saw them fighting, like. 
Yes, she did. This should be something that goes to the principal. Like, I mean, I, I like Zeises, don't get me wrong, but she should get in trouble for throwing another student around. Santana she's, should also get in trouble. Not going, she's not going to. No. She's not going to, because the only reason that Zeises and Santana fought was because of Puck's story in this episode. Right. Because women can't have confrontation or even talk to each other unless there's... A man. A dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, it's just that they're fighting over. It's just you, this is at the end of yeah. this scene. Uh, it ends with Puck, and he's enwrapped. He is yes. like whoa, and turns to Zeises and just begs her to go out with him. Yeah, please, please go out with me, please. And uh, Zeises is like, no. Well, I think <laughs> I think this is when she's like, make a formal presentation. Um, and yes, I'll consider it. That's what because yeah, because yeah, Puck Puck is like, "Well, I sang you a song," and she's like, "Yeah, that's not that's not it. That's not good enough." You, um, you s- yeah. yeah, she. This is where she says something more specific about how the song made her feel, but I can't remember, yeah. and I didn't write it down. Yeah, whatever. We're not going to get into it again. <laughs> the next scene is Sam uh, watching. He is super supervising. Yes, uh, chaperoning, perverting Quinn's, yeah. <laughs> Quinn and Finn's. Uh, kiss in the hallway yes um yeah so it's in the it's at the kiss booth um and so quinn is here she gives the dollar over and then they kiss um with sam watching uh there's also there's a little clip of fireworks and like real close-ups on their faces um yes it flashes to fireworks um as the white people kiss and then they separate and we get close-ups of quinn close-up of finn close-up of quinn close-up of finn as I guess this kiss was amazing yeah. or something. And Sam's like, all right, you've done it. Let's let's go. Yeah. And they walk down the hallway. Quinn ends up running back to the booth being like, oh, I, I forgot my purse. And she goes back over there, leans over the booth, and says in Finn's ear in a husky, sexy whisper, meet me tomorrow in the auditorium. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's whatever this scene is whatever it is like i i think <laughs> it is i think the the main thing is that like this is an example of why we like voiceovers when they tell us instead of showing because they're trying to show us that this kiss was amazing and it just doesn't land like yeah it's not the bet like for one it's an overplayed uh metaphor right and just having a visual of it it doesn't make it a better one. No. You know? Yeah. It's it's also sloppily done because it's not like Glee does this. Right. You know? Yeah. Um Yeah, they shouldn't have done no. it. The next scene, it's the gore it's the Warbler's Gap attack yes. happening for reals. Yes. yes. Uh, I was about to say the Garbler's lap <laughs> attack, which is not right. The Garglers. Um yeah, so we we start <laughs> The Garglers We start with Blaine and Kurt. They're in the gap. Um, yes. Blaine is chatting they with are. Kurt about how um, he, he tells us a little bit about <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> he tells us that if they get married, he'll get a 50% discount at the Gap. So <laughs> it's meant to be. And that is, his, that is his main motivation, which is adorable. Yes. Um, the best part is, the best yeah, part is Kurt's they're, face they're... when he says that is so good. Like, it's such a good reaction yeah, shot. Kurt, Kurt's eyes just go kind of wide and he's like, Hmm. <laughs> it's great. Um but anyway, yeah, so then we get into the uh, we get into the actual attack part. Um which is Why why are they wearing their warblers? I don't know. Get up. Cuz cuz they have 
Well, it's not Warbrew's getup. It's their Dalton uniforms. Like it is their well, it's one and the same. Yeah, but like just because you go to Dalton doesn't mean you're in the Warblers, you know. I, I, I mean, just because you go to Dalton, <laughs> it means you don't exist. Right. Good it, point. It means you're good point. You're you're not <laughs> really a person so much. Um, but anyway, you're you're more of a sandbag <laughs> that Blaine has animated. <laughs> anyway, we we get into the actual musical number, which is Robin Thicke's "When I Get You Alone." Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's really, really bad. It's, it's, this is, I think this is in contention for the cringiest number of the season. Also the definitely, absolutely, absolutely the cringiest Warblers number. Yeah. Uh, Oh God! Yeah, hot it's, damn, dude! It's really bad. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. You do sort of want to. Uh, when I first watched, I remember when it was on TV. I definitely like hid my face in a pillow to not watch this. Yeah, it is intense. Oh God! Well, and so here's the thing. So they're singing this song. Jeremiah is very obviously not mm-hmm. into this, mm-hmm. like very much. Yeah, because like Blaine's like we, following him sp- around. You spot him. Yeah. You spot him when Blaine points him out at the beginning. He's uh, a generic-looking dude wearing a pullover with curly blonde hair. Yeah. And Blaine sort of chases him around the store as they sing. I'm... And Jeremiah uh, like is pointedly not making eye contact yeah. and is like, uh, yeah, get I mean, away from me. Maggie, now that we talk about it, that actually does make perfect sense mm-hmm. that like the choreography for singing a Robin Thicke song is chasing someone around. But... Um, Mm-hmm. And, and them not being into it also. Um, but yeah, it's yes. just the, the, the other thing though, is that the store, the other people in the store yes. seem very into this. Like they're all. Yeah. Jized. This gap is full of people. Yeah. <laughs> that too. I don't know when they caught like On... the perfect time for gap shopping. Well, but it's right now. Maggie. Also, this is Valentine's day, right? Is it, it can't on be Valentine's day that they're doing this. That, Oh. It, I mean, it has to, it has to it, be. This is the only time that this that the warblers would all agree this is okay. That West, the king warbler, would be like, yes, we but, can go outside on Valentine's Day, and but, there's no airplanes at the Gap, so we probably won't die. Well, but here's the thing, though: if that's true, this doesn't this whole timeline doesn't make any sense because Puck's thing no. is that like he and Zeises go are going to go on a pre-date the day before Valentine's Day which hasn't happened yes. yet so this can't be on Valentine's no. Day this has to be before that so this is like this is like what like February 8th yeah or like 10th maybe um ooh yikes yeah <laughs> but anyway anyway this gap isn't even like this gap isn't even decorated for Valentine's no. Day no there's no there's no hearts anywhere I don't um, do you think I don't think clothing retailers really decorate that much I think it's not classy. Uh, like, like thrift stores definitely would, but like, I don't think like Gap or. Well, now you now you've outed me as somebody who shops at thrift stores instead of the Gap. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no problem, Maggie. It's um, fine. It's cool now. Um, anyway, it is cool. Yeah. The other things to notice about this song, uh, Darren Chris jumps on a lot of tables yes. as he is wont to do. Yep. Um, the song itself is a poor choice and is extremely sexual, which is. <laughs> definitely not gaps brand nope and he uh they there's a funny part where all the warblers like go try on sunglasses and uh blaine wears this is gonna kind of out me as a uh as a glee tumbler fiend in the in the heydays of glee but 
he is wearing he wears like pink sunglasses pink ray-bans which is very much a darren chris um like staple which is yes uh you know lazy sure not even lazy just like weird like i don't know why they're doing that yeah this the song is very very forward like i said very sexual very intense and it ends with a power slide from blaine right in front of jeremiah not great no well yeah he he ends up it looks like he's gonna buy socks um but anyway so after the number we cut to uh, a bus stop outside of the gap or no i think just a bench maybe whatever it's well no it's a it's a bus stop because there's like an overhang yeah so um blaine and it immediately cuts to blaine asking kurt <laughs> was it too much was it too much and kurt responds with a side eye yeah He's like, mm. <laughs> which it's great um but yeah so then jeremiah arrives he comes out of the gap no, well oh. before before jeremiah comes out blaine does conclude it was it was, too much. It was indeed too much um but Jeremiah arrives um, and tells him off. Apparently, Jeremiah got fired for this. I think you pointed, like, yes. like my question was, like, why on earth did he get, like, the store was bumping. Like, people loved it. But I think you pointed out that it is um, not gap-friendly. Like, this song is... It is not gap... Yeah. yeah. Uh, sexual themes, especially, like, gay sexual themes, yeah. are definitely not, like, mid-Ohio gaps. Brand. sure which yeah jeremiah no. also tells us that he got outed um because of this he wasn't yes. out to people um that's a total bummer yeah. <laughs> and then and then he find he finishes off this with turning down blaine and says like we only got coffee a couple times and also yeah. if i were to date you it would be a crime because you're young <laughs> yes because you are a baby yes and um so yeah blaine has been rejected by a former gap employee <laughs> just let that sink in <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal, man. And Kurt's just like, Kurt sort of nods in the background. Like, he's just like, I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. Perfect. (laughs) He'll fall right into my arms. Right. Yeah. The next scene is a monologue from Santana. Yes. Another monologue, but it's all right. Because it's it's from Santana this time. Perfect. Because it's from Santana. Gotta love it. Yeah. It, we're back in the choir room, and she's smelling some some shit. Uh, yeah. She sees Finn and Quinn sharing some looks. Yeah. And she's just like, hmm. The monologue begins with Santana being like, how am I, Santana, alone on Valentine's Day, <laughs> of all days? <laughs> just like, okay. Yeah. Well, she, she um, does have a nice line yeah. about how she'll just marry an NFL player because they're super reliable, which... They're reliable. I think it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Not classy, but it's supposed to be a joke, I think. Um, Whatever. And then... Um, but yeah, she notices... So Finn comes in, and... I just have to point this out because I think it's probably the best description we've ever gotten. Finn has that, quote, gassy infant look, Um, Mm, which, mm, mm. yeah, she nailed it. (laughs) Shit. Like a kid who's really upset that their tummy hurts because they don't know what farting is. Well, yeah, but but no, no, it's it's, it's not that they're upset. They're happy that they're farting because it feels good to fart. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> she also notices yeah. that Quinn has a very secretive look on her face too. Yes. I, I think Sam's like breathing on her neck or something, yeah. and she, and she's looking at Finn while it's happening. Yeah, I mean, why why is what Sam so close to her neck in in comp in company? They are at glee rehearsal. Maggie Will has 
foster this environment by having them all partner off and sing the world's greatest love songs to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is basically a den of sexual deviancy, uh, like sex- sexuality, and yes, you know. Um, but anyway, um, the she so Santana figures it out because she's a smart cookie. Yes. Um, but the, we get the same great like Zelda music that we got at the beginning of the episode while Santana begins to because plot her scheme. It's very good. Yeah, she's about to do some wacky scheming. <laughs> uh, we see Santana walking down the hallway in a comical, sexy candy striper outfit. Yes. Like, it's, you know, the the outfit you buy at Party City, like, sexy hospital worker well, or Well, to be fair, she does claim that she is a legitimate candy striper. Um, so this might be I, the actual candy striper outfit. But it's just to wear the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> The heels are ridiculous, and no hospital worker would be wearing those. Well, Maggie, uh, she likes to give she, back, you know? She does. Oh, my God. She goes in, well, in, in more ways than yeah. one. She's a very generous well, person. Well, but Maggie. She goes into yeah. the yeah. Uh, nurse's office and is like, hey, I'm, I'm here to help sick people. Do you have any sick people? And the nurse responds with, uh, yes, we have a boy with mono. He's over there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Santana goes in, presents him with a stuffed bear, and is like, "I need to borrow your germs," and kisses him. Yes. He's like a like a comical nerd yes. too, like kind of uh, welky. Yeah. And Santana's like, "Bye!" After she kisses him, and he yells, "Thanks!" Yeah. Well, after her. Yeah. I I wrote down. I wish it had been a girl. That would have been more entertaining for yeah. me. But anyway, well, but Santana's in the closet still. Yeah, but like okay? this isn't this isn't a sexual thing. This is a pragmatic thing. Um, it, yeah, it's a pragmatic thing for her evil plot. Yes, because then she goes to the kissing booth and kisses Finn, um, and she specifically says, "I hope you don't catch anything." Which Finn kind of <laughs> like is like, "What's going on?" But he's dumb. What? Like, like the conniving bit of him yeah. is like, "Uh oh, something is wrong." But the rest of him is like. I got to kiss everyone. Yeah. Um, yes. My, I was going to say this candy striper thing, I think adds credence to the fact that Santana is actually rich. Um, because, Oh, for sure. That she has this like ridiculous <laughs> outfit just on hand. Yeah. And also that like, she's like, I like to give back at the hospital. Um, cause that's a very rich person thing sure. to do. Like, especially when it comes to wearing like a oh. candy striper outfit, you know, like, sure. I think, I think people that aren't rich can also volunteer and be good people. But I think in, for like rich yes. people, they're like, I like to volunteer because I like I get to wear good outfits, you know. Yeah, and also, I mean, Santana doesn't need to have like a like a minimum wage job or something. Exactly, she's got spending money from her rich dad. Yes, um, sure. So anyway, let's let's move along here. Um, we're in the library, Puck. So yeah. so let's let's go over a metafiction for a second. Blaine is uh, a demon trickster. Yeah, a trickster demon. Uh, Brittany is an alien. Yep from outer space and Santana is hilariously wealthy. <laughs> All of these check out yes. to me. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and, and everyone else is a boring piece of cardboard. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the next scene is Pisces in the library. Uh, Puck is seemingly confused about where he is at the beginning of this scene, which is, I, I think that's probably the funniest part of yes. it is Lauren is like, Puck's like, where are we? <laughs> And Lauren's like, we're in the library. Well, it's like, uh, I mean, you had to go there. 
So like, how are yes, you confused you when you enter it. unless Zeiss like drugged him and woke him up in the library <laughs> to be like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so Pugs. This is where we find yeah. out that she needs more than a song to get her juices flowing. That's basically verbatim. Yeah. And Puck is like, well, here's this ring pop. Yes. Will you go on a pre Valentine's date with me? Yes. Um, Slices agrees. Yes. I had a question. So here's the problem. Here's the problem with this, I think, because there's a line. Yes. It's not exactly what Puck says, but the vibe that I got watching the scene is that Puck is saying to Lauren, you're fat. I'm into that, but you should like you should take advantage of that because not many people are going to be into yeah. it. I think that's where the problem exactly. is. Like, that is sort of where it... Because, yeah, here's the thing about it, right? Is by Puck being like, yeah, I'm accepting of your body. I like it. Not a lot of other people would, but I'm into yeah. it. It's still fat shaming. Exactly. It's not body accepting. It's not body positivity to be like, listen, uh, I'm a pretty good guy because I like you. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It sucks, actually. Yeah. Well, and that's like, it. It. I mean, it's just, I think the big issue is that Puck, mm-hmm. it, it feels kind of coercive in a sense, where like Puck is like, yeah. no one else is going to love you because you're fat so you should you should get <laughs> on this like and it's like whoa yeah. like i can understand why lauren would be uh off put by that but she's yeah, kind of into I it agree. now for some reason so anyway um yeah so we uh, have the we have the breadsticks on the 13th date um so then we move to church is what i called the scene well <laughs> not church it's the auditorium yes because quinn and finn have decided to do their uh, lascivious cheating on a literal stage. <laughs> good job. That is actually a pretty good. Fucking go anywhere else. What are you doing? <laughs> um, at first, they talk about the morality of what they are about to do. Yes. Because um, Quinn tried to go to church to convince herself to not make out with Finn. Yeah. I guess. Well. And yeah. Finn's like, you know, Finn talks about his feelings about people cheating on him, and how he it made him realize that. Nobody ever really loved him. <laughs> Quinn's like, no, that wasn't true. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's part of it whatever. is Quinn does point out Finn's hypocrisy in this situation, which I am all about. Um, but Finn makes <laughs> it about a thing where it's like, well, you like the thing with you and Rachel cheating on me is that it meant that you never really loved me. And Quinn is like, no, I love you. And then um, and then they make out. She, like, <laughs> Well, she also says that she loves Sam. Yes. This is the the last important bit is she's like. I'm going to stay with Sam until I figure out what's going on and, and like I figure out if I really do love him. Right. And Finn's like, so we're going to make out now? And Quinn's like, yes. Truly, I don't uh, disapprove of this plot line. I actually kind of dig the fact that they are um, belittling these teen relationships yes. and like treating them for what they are, oh, sure. which is, you know, petty and stupid. Yeah. I'm fine about it. But I, I'm also bored by it because they're a boring couple. Right. The next scene, it's Clayne back at the lima bean. Blaine has severely soured on Valentine's Day. Yes. Because of his very embarrassing actions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah. So um, it, it's it, this is the closest, I think, that Glee gets to some kind of artistry where it's like mm-hmm. a reverse, a reversal of that original scene where like 
Kurt was all not into Valentine's Day and Blaine was, and now Blaine's not into Valentine's yeah. Day and Kurt seems a little more up on it. Um, but so, well, Kurt's up on it because he realizes that Blaine is weak and this is his chance to make a move. Exactly. Uh, Kurt, uh, he really skirts around his love confession yes. by being like, listen, Blaine, when you said you were going to confess your love to someone and sing to them, I thought that was going to be me. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> which, he's like, was it, was it not, did it not mean anything? He tries to put the onus on Blaine, which to be fair, based on our theories, it should be, but like, it's kind of a shitty thing to do where you're like, was that all, like all those things that you did that were nice for me, were they supposed to not mean anything because you're not like super in love with me? Yeah. Instead of phrasing it like that, it should just be like, Listen, because we spend a lot of time together and you buy coffee for me all the time, I sort of thought we were leading into... Yeah, a relationship. A, a grand romance. Yes. Because I'm a gay teenager and I'm very lonely. Yes. Well, and so, yeah, so this is the part where Kurt is essentially, co- like, catching on to Blaine's gaslighting. Um, and then Blaine mm-hmm. plays coy because he's like... Well, really the way that Blaine plays coy is he's he... Kurt is basically demands, hey, make a move on me right now. And <laughs> Blaine is like, I'm terrified yes. by what you have said. Yes. He uh, he tells Kurt that he cares about him very much and that he doesn't want to mess up anything. Right. He's like, right. I, I am not good at romance. I've never been anyone's boyfriend. And Kurt's like, well, I've never been anyone's boyfriend either. Wink. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mostly, because mostly I think this is like, you know, if your evil maniacal plan has suddenly been exposed, um, you know, you're going to flounder a yeah. little bit. And you got to, you got to just, you got to just oh. make do with what you've got. So Blaine is. See, yeah. I, I was going to say this seems like genuine, like a genuine interaction that <laughs> would go against the uh, trickster plot line. Um, but, uh, you know, Blaine is a good actor. Exactly. It's part of his training. Yeah. And, um, you I know, don't know. You, I, I would say out of all the, like the love interactions in this show of like two people who are supposedly romantically entwined in some way, this feels like the most earnest. Yeah. I think, I think the, to be fair, the, the well, one, as a queer person, it like sticks out cause it's, you know, a yeah. queer relationship, it, but it, it's better because it's gay kids. Yeah, but also um, the other thing is I think I honestly believe that these two characters have more in common and like have like a better background for the basis of a relationship yeah. than any of the other ones. Because they're like, actually friends yeah. and, like, and have the same interests. And like, they, you know, they both claim that they've been like bullied for being gay and stuff. So they have some like shared life experience. Yeah. Whereas like Quinn and Finn are like, oh, I want to be popular. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm the head cheerleader and you're the football player. Let's let's fuck make out in a hot tub. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah. So that this scene ends. We don't get any resolution to this budding romance, except um, Kurt uh, uh, orders coffee for them. Yes, and to prove we get a nice little turnaround yeah. on the scene one more time, where Blaine says, "You know my coffee order." Yeah, there you go. Yeah, How it's cute. it's to prove that he knows the... Blaine's coffee order to shame him into. A relationship. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's proof that Blaine has been... Well, okay. Kurt has some ground here because Blaine has been treating Kurt like a boyfriend. Right. 
That's true. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let, let's move on to the next scene. It's real quick. I don't really want to talk about it too much, but Puck is making out with the waitress from Breadsticks um, because he got stood up. Yes, because, yeah, Zeissy stood him up. He's making out with a waitress from Breadsticks. There's some one-off lines about how she has daddy issues and a husband. <laughs> the next scene yep. is Puck presenting his meager spoils from his kissing booth to the Glee That's Club. Finn. You said it's- Puck, but it's Finn. Oh, I meant I meant I Finn. Know. Puck would have gotten more money, yeah, honestly. Definitely. Uh and yeah, he's, he also clearly has mono. Yeah, he's he clearly has He's mono. obviously sick. What's funny about it is he announces that he made like two hundred dollars or something, and there's like three or four claps from the Glee Club. Like yeah. like not Well, it's because he's bragging about how he's kissed two hundred women. <laughs> exactly. And like they're all just like, uh <laughs> Yeah, I know. We don't. We don't. Care. No, I know. That, that's and, what I love. And w- even Will cuts him down because he's like, you know, that's not gonna cover a whole bunch of the <laughs> cost for nationals. But good job, Finn. <laughs> Finally, not just pure praise. Anyway, um, the next the next uh, part of the scene it transitions into a number. Yes. Tina is gonna do her love song yes. for the week. She goes up and dedicates the song to Mike, of course, and sings "My Funny Valentine." Yes. Sing is a strong word, though. <laughs> well, yeah. So here's the thing about this. I don't know why, but this is literally one of the funniest <laughs> moments of Glee for me. And, like, it I was... It, no, it is very good. I was watching it with some other people, and, like, I was losing my shit because I was just like, this is I was, so I was, too. Funny. Because even when I was rewatching it, just for notes, I was I couldn't help but laugh because it's hilarious. <laughs> but, but see, the song starts off kind of dour. Yeah. Like, sort of funeral dirgy. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then turns into some for real tears. Yeah, like... Where Tina collapses onto the ground. Yes. Well, and, like, everyone is like, what is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, everyone in the Glee Club is just like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but, like, it's... Is happening? The, like, I was watching with other people, and they didn't seem to think it was as funny as I did, because, like... It's... Like, I'll admit... What? It's, it's not... It's not exactly, like, a fair joke because it's literally just someone breaking down. And, like, that's not necessarily <laughs> actually funny. But for some reason, for me, it just lands so well. Like It it lands really well. I think partly it's um, the performance of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so good. Because the crying is so fucking over the top. And, like, there's, like, she's pulling some intense, like, crying faces at the same time. Yeah. It's just, it's great. Um, But I have the verbatim quote of what she says after she can no longer sing. (laughs) Please, here we go. Because because she becomes so overcome. Every day is Valentine's Day when I'm with you. I'm overcome with love. (laughs) I love you, Mike Chang. I was going to say I know there's definitely more, but yeah, that's so good. Oh, I'm I'm so overcome with love. (laughs) And this is she's saying this through tears like she is weeping. and she's like lying and, on the ground and like mike is like yeah bent when she over. goes to the ground mike <laughs> gets up out of his chair and goes over and is like hey how you doing bud <laughs> it's so good and then um but so will kind of uh, comes up he's like whatever that was which is to be fair a fair reaction but like stop being a dick for like three seconds well um right <laughs> but anyway um uh so then uh he starts saying something. Who knows? Who cares? Finn and Quinn are both like, I am very sick. Um, and then yes. Santana 
the devious little imp that she is, points out that they both have mono. (laughs) Yeah, she's stirring the pot. She's here to to just rake all the shit up. Yep. And uh, she convinces them to go to the nurse. She's like, you should go to the nurse. Uh, they end up going. Well, she she um, points out that my... mono gets spread more easily with tongue, um, which with, implies with that and, uh, and they tongues. are doing a little more than just the peck at the kissing booth. That's right. We flash to the nurse's office where Quinn is repenting her sins. Yes. She's like, the two times I've cheated, I've gotten pregnant and gotten mono. So this she says that the universe is trying to tell her something. And I was like, Quinn... For you, wouldn't be, that be God? Yeah, I was going to say, like, God is definitely trying to tell you something, but whatever. And my big note about this scene is, what the fuck is Quinn wearing? <laughs> she is wearing like a, it's like a oddly length skirt, like just below the knee, plaid skirt that is not pleated, but it definitely has some volume. And then a long gray layered top. <laughs> It's. I think. Bad. I think it's supposed to be reminiscent of Rachel's uh, schoolgirl look that they sang for the terrible uh, duet. Because um, I yeah. feel like it's remin- I feel like the only reason why she's wearing something so awful is because we're supposed to be convinced that Diana Aragon is sick, even though her face looks fine. <laughs> sure, that's a fair point. Um, I, I wrote. Uh, there's a line like Finn doesn't let up on this. He's like. I'm, I still want to see this through because I'm in love with you or whatever. Um, but Quinn, <laughs> Quinn has a line where she says, Santana is such a bitch. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Santana is such a bitch. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I'm here for it. Um, anyway, uh, then yeah. yeah, go for it. Quinn, uh, uh, the, the nurse is like, your mom, your moms will pick you up. No kissing. And then goes into the other room. <laughs> And that's sort of the end of the scene. Yep. The next scene is Pisces. Yep. Puck is uh, confronting Lauren about how she stood him up. And Lauren is like, oh, yeah, that was last night, huh? <laughs> and <laughs> I like how Puck we get... Finally... I like, finally oh, um, yeah. What? I was going to say, I like how we don't get any reason for her having stood him up. No. <laughs> like... <laughs> no reason at all. But, uh... But... She, yeah. she just did it for shits and giggles, man. Yeah. And... Puck finally uh, woos Lauren the right way, yes. I guess. Well, by telling yeah. telling her that you're more, you're an even bigger badass than me. Like that's why he's attracted to her. Yeah, I guess. Um, there is a little bit where she she calls him. She's like, "You're that guy," and he's like, "I'm not that guy." And she's like, "You got a girl pregnant last year, so I'm pretty sure you, you are, that, are guy. that guy." <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I think yeah, you're right. There's for some reason. Him calling her a badass kind of puts it over. Seems to have the worked. Edge. And she says that, like, yeah. she's willing to try this out, but it's going to be more of a, like, slow burn. Um, they're going to start being friends and then, like, see yeah. if things progress. So Because she's not interested in just hooking up. Yep. She, she doesn't. She yeah. wants something for the long term. Sure. So, yeah. Sure, whatever. Uh, the next scene is Rachel coming into the nurse's office Ugh. to... Do sort of a Florence Night a Florence Nightingale routine with Finn. Yep. She has a wet cloth that she puts on his forehead because that's a nurse thing yep. that nurses do. Yeah, and this is where Rachel says some gay shit. I I teased it uh, earlier, but you know they are talking about how beautiful Quinn is yes. and how Rachel felt so special when Finn chose Quinn. I mean, when Finn <laughs> chose Rachel over Quinn. Yes. Uh, and then she asks uh, Finn 
if they if they kissed when he responds yes he's like she's like so what was it what was it like to kiss quinn <laughs> that's fair i didn't catch that really as like a gay thing but it is kind of gay um but yeah finn it's kind of gay finn tells her because they spend like a minute talking about how beautiful she is and then rachel's like so what's it well, like like to kiss i her? mean huh? to be fair that came off to me as more like rachel being self-deprecating um uh, but yeah. yeah, it does sort of read that way too. But hey, you Why know, uh, multi-purpose yeah. <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> anyway, um, Finn tells us about the fireworks that happens when he kisses Quinn, um, and then uh, uh. Rachel, in a very—I mean, to be fair—I think it's probably one of the better interactions. Um, learns that he never mm. had fireworks with her because Rachel's like, "Did you ever see fireworks when we kissed?" And then there's just like the best silence length of pause. <laughs> and then yeah. yeah um and rachel's like i'm going to escort myself out i know everything i need to know there's nothing for me here yes she leaves and this is really where the show just trots out its little show pony and she sings firework yeah well as she's leaving finn tries to like keep his grip on her he's like no don't go i still yeah. love you and she's like mm, i'm done and i was like no. finn is a douchebag like <laughs> Finn's, Finn's confused, but also an asshole. Yes. That's really what But yeah, is. so then firework, Katy Perry's firework. We've all heard it. The I'm a plastic bag, whatever, a billion times. <laughs> um. Anyway, there's a... What if they had done... Because there's that meme yes. that is... <laughs> well... That is just... Uh, if if you ever feel like a plastic bag over and over again. Well, what if Glee had done that version? That would have been great. I also, when I was watching it with Chris, um, this scene, this song started and I started singing that version and he got very mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ruined yep. it. He wanted to hear Leah Michelle. But anyway, um, um, we get some... We- yeah, and Leah Michelle sings it just fine. Yes. It just... It, I have no... It, there's no emotional weight to this song. No at no. all really well it's just it's something itunes money yeah, you could have called it from like when we saw the fireworks clip earlier yeah. like you could have been like mm, yeah this is definitely like they're gonna do firework and then they did and you're like cool like whatever yeah there's uh some in- imagery of rachel walking through a- the darkened mckinley hallway yes. with all the students it's like the extras are still acting like students and like going to class or whatever, but they're also all holding sparklers. Yeah, it, it's super weird. Um. It's strange. Uh, and then we get some auditorium belting with Rachel alone on the stage yep. with some like fireworks clip art behind her. <laughs> and How much better would it have been this- if it was actually clip art? Oh my God. <laughs> uh. The final part of the song is back in the choir room. Uh, where she's singing with Mercedes and Tina, and then the rest of the New Direction sort of join in well, with their jumping and clapping. Except for Quinn and Finn, because they're homesick. Yes. Which is very with good. Mono. I, I enjoyed them not being there. Um, anyway. <laughs> I think, I, I think I, it would be fine if Quinn was there. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, Finn is the one I want yeah. out. Finn is the one I don't want to be there. Um, anyway, the we get that and then we get um it cuts to rachel arriving at breadsticks um this is supposedly valentine's day i think at this point um yes and so uh your first question is like what is rachel doing at breadsticks by herself on valentine's day but it turns out that everyone else and is there when, too yeah yeah mercedes and tyke are right behind her and they're like hey can we join you yeah. and then they all sit together it's cute and this is where we find out that it's an event yes at breadsticks 
where because Kurt's on the mic and he's like, "Welcome to my first Lonely Hearts Club dinner." Yes. It's like, did you? Wait, what? Yeah. When, when was this a thing? Well, he he said he had an idea at the end of that Clane scene where we were talking about gaslighting a lot, but um, oh yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's the only like bit that we had to get into yeah because i i think the it comes about because blaine's like what are we gonna do now or no kurt is like i have an idea of what we can do on valentine's day exactly and then i guess it's this (laughs) it's this lonely hearts club dinner yeah um but so it's this warblers group event yes the warblers are here and they sing silly love songs um blaine leads well sam yeah you know to seduce uh a warbler is to seduce the warblers i guess that's true i think um, um but yeah so uh and vice what's versa. great about this is it starts and it looks like it's just like a group number like they're all together they're all starting to sing the harmony <laughs> and then blaine pushes his way through he he bursts through <laughs> and he is of course soloing because that's how the warblers work blaine is the only one who sings um blaney and the warblers here they are to sing uh silly love songs is that the name yes of the song that's the name of the song also? yep um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's good because Darren Chris is yeah. an amazing performer. We already know that the warblers sound great when they do their eight part harmonies. Yes. We already know that too. Uh, and there's some fun little interactions. The one that I want to point out, Santana is the only glee club person there who is sitting alone. Yes. Uh, she's sitting at like a two person table by herself. Yep. Bold. Well, cause they all called uh, her a and, bitch, Maggie. Um, they did and Brittany is sitting with Artie so yeah, I, exactly yeah and uh this is uh the, the interaction I want to note here the warblers all sort of move in like in mass over to yes. Santana yeah and Santana hugs Wes yeah I saw that uh, well that's one of the warblers she doesn't know him well that's I I was wondering is there more there that we haven't actually seen? Because it seems like the Warblers are friends with the New Directions in general. Because, like, all of the Warblers yeah, kind of, like, move is... around with all of, like, the New Directions and are, like, kind of, like, jamming yeah. with them. Which I was like, why haven't we gotten any of this before? Because, like, this is nice. I like this. Yeah. It, it would be fun to see, like, the two groups interact at, like, a sectionals or something. Yeah. That that but anyway... Fun. um, yeah. eh, what can you do? The other, the other part um, that I want to highlight... So Quinn and Finn aren't there because they're sick um but so yes. sam is sitting i think with some other new directions people but there is a moment where santana yep. and he share a look which reminded me which, that, they, that is gonna happen that is that is gonna, gonna happen, happen and there is gonna be an original song yes. about sam's mouth <laughs> yes get ready for it it's coming oh, i am i already um, i already looked it up multiple times because i couldn't help myself because it's so good uh, but yeah, that's the whole episode because it e- the episode ends when the Warblers stop singing yes. silly love songs. I, I, I Should we note that Blaine uh, looks right at Kurt when he sings the I love you line? I mean, how no. different is that from every other performance that the Warblers have done? Exactly. It's not at all. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's the end of the episode. Let's move on to the podcast business. Yeah, the podcast business here i'll let rachel out of her cage come over here rach come on but it's a metaphor and metaphors are important gold stars are important because gold stars stars are a metaphor for me being a star um here's a treat rachel go back to your cage no i want i want you to put it over uh, over top the clip oh okay so that it it lines got it anyway rachel Mm -hmm. go back to your cage we'll let you out next week okay let's all right bye let's (laughs) she's liesel now (laughs) 
Yes. So let's talk about gold stars. Um, yeah. Who who is a gold star this week, Maggie? I think I'll go first because I'm remembering that I think yeah. you went first last week. Um, yeah. My I I couldn't give just a single gold star this episode to a single person. That means okay. I mean, um, I I'm gonna give half of a gold star to Santana. And I'm going to give half of a gold okay. star to Lauren Zeises because those two are the best. Yeah, I'm glad you, uh, you're hyping my two favorite ladies on this show. Yeah, it's great. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to give my gold star to Blaine. <laughs> Fair enough. He put himself out there. <laughs> because he, yeah, <laughs> in a way. Uh, I just really like... Um, the the two performances themselves are both pretty good, even though one is, uh, you know, obviously a very bad choice, even as it's happening. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, he still sings it great. And yep. uh, it's always fun to see, you know, D- Darren Chris five foot nothing jumping on like tables and shit. It's right. cute. Um, anywho. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Blaine okay. for sure. Cool. Um, let's move on to best number of the episode. Um, I picked silly love songs because Mm-mm. I mean, okay, here's the th- a good choice, man. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like pickings are a little slim in this episode. Um, they are. but also, and it's also not like my favorite Elton John song by any means. No. Um, but the warblers do a really good job. So yeah, I mean, I feel like when I get you alone, even though it is a Robin Thicke song and you know, there could be there's some stuff to unpack there. Sure. I feel like it's a contender for uh best number just because the warblers sing it so well. Yeah. You know, the warblers always sound really good. That's true. Uh but I, I sort of want to give my best number to my funny Valentine. <laughs> I mean, for, By one Miss Tina Cohen Chan. For us, it was the most funny number. Like, it was. Like, I don't think we've <laughs> ever had a number that's made me laugh harder than that one. Uh, I laughed pretty hard at uh, the climb when oh, Rachel couldn't see. Yes, it. that that also. Uh, um, I don't. I really liked Pyt. Yep. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, mostly because whenever they have Artie sing, yeah, Michael Jackson, it's good. Parts, he does a good job. Yeah. Um, I also really like silly love songs. Hmm. It's a puzzler. You know, I think I'm going to have, I think I'm going to have to go for my funny Valentine. Okay. For sure. Okay. I... <laughs> Even though it was never, it, it wasn't included on the iTunes. No. Uh, like listing, which is a true shame. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's because they didn't actually record a real version of that song. But, they didn't. Um, anyway, yeah, that's fine. They probably just had her sing it on, sing it on set. Yeah. Which, more power to you, man. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, well, uh, that'll be nice because it means it's an easy one to throw out when we look for the best number of the season. So. Hey! <laughs> Any- it's up for contender as, as like, comedy number. We've got and now the- it's the Oscars. We've got different categories that have... <laughs> of course! <laughs> Uh, of course, yes, because uh, we have the we have the Rachel and Finn purposefully oh, offensive number. That's true. Oh. And my funny Valentine. Is, yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's more gag numbers uh, that we'll see before the end of the season. Okay, yeah, well, we'll we'll I'll I'll do a better job of doing that next time, and we can like do like a whole <laughs> thing about it. It'll be fun. Anyway, it'll be great. Let's move on to rating for this episode. I'm gonna slash you this episode. 
a half out of five times because mm. oh my god i i originally i wavered between doing just a half and then doing one and a half but i I've, I've settled on just a half slushy for this episode because honestly okay. like it's just so entertaining you know yeah it's an actual good episode yes which i mean there it's pro there's problems Ro- oh yes obviously <laughs> but um it is generally pretty pretty enjoyable and the none of the numbers are too bad no yeah that's the thing like like and like i had reservations about fat bottom girls but like you've brought up some good points about how it's maybe not as offensive as it should, like as, as it comes off. Um, and also it's just a good number. Like, and the Robin Thicke song is also a good number, even though it's a terrible, like got some terrible, terrible lyrics that make me want to cringe and die. Um, <laughs> but like in general, Ooh. you know, the plots are all pretty good. I hate Finn. He gets kind of a comeuppance yeah. in this episode, yeah. which I'm, he gets mom. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like if that's all they're going to do to Finn, you know what? It's better than nothing. It's better than the praise he gets heaped it's on him every episode. better than nothing. So. Yeah, I'm going to give this episode a slushy. Nice. If on, th- There's character inconsistencies that I can't really look past. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, you like Zyces, and you don't like the fact that they're ruining her. So. Exactly. That they're spy kids in her. Uh, I'm, they're starting to do the thing where Leah Michelle just gets trotted out. <laughs> near the end of the app to, yep. to a big number <laughs> yep with no no purpose storyline yeah. yeah at all um whatever. better than trotting it's out fine. will so better than trotting out will absolutely uh okay yeah that's uh that's the whole that's all shebang Delio. yeah um next week what's the next next up? week we're going to talk about episode 13 which is comeback um i'm sure we won't make any jokes about that Oh, no, I know exactly what this episode is about. I have been completely reminded. Yes. So, anyway. If you yeah. if you want to come into my love dungeon, you can hit us up on Facebook at Sam and Maggie Hakely. You can talk to us on Twitter yep. at SNM Hakely. Mm-hmm. You can email us at SNM Hakely at gmail.com. And you can check out our Patreon. Yes. If you're tired of free content. Yeah. I mean, well, it needs some polishing, but we're going to do it and it's going to be great. Sure. Anyway, yeah. um, I think that's everything. So until. I think that's everything. Until next time, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. No, I don't want to do it again. Ha 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 ha!